0: Welcome to episode 75 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Sam Jarman. Sam is a software developer who lives in Wellington, New Zealand. He started his software development journey with C and later Objective C, creating apps for iOS. Sam is also a keen blogger and writes a blog series called Junior Dev Diaries, where he talks about what he's learned in the first few years of his career. In addition to blogging, Sam is an improv actor, public speaker, writer, and future thinker. So, Sam, can I ask you to expand on that brief summary and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Hi, Phil. Great to be here. Thank you. The blog series is called uh, Junior Dev Diaries, and it sort of documents slash captures some of the lessons I've had to learn, maybe not the easiest way possible in the first few years of my career and hoping that I can avoid the others that pain (laughs) by writing it up. As for the iOS stuff, yeah, I've been doing iOS apps since I was in high school. I had about 10 to 15 before I left high school on the App Store, going into university, and I sort of dabbled since. And about seven months ago, I joined BNZ Bank here in New Zealand to work with their iOS team on their iOS app. So that's been pretty fun as well, going back to iOS full time. On the improv side, I do improv shows here in Wellington uh, almost every weekend in one form or another. It's quite a good hobby. Uh, it's quite different to coding, of course. But just like coding, there's a fair bit of making it up as you go along, which is a good skill to have in life, I think.
0: Sure. I think I saw <laughs> yeah. you compare it to, I think, the show. What was it called? Who's, Whose Line who's Is line it Anyway? Is
1: it? Yeah, it's pretty serious. Yes.
0: So is, is it comedy-based or is it more serious than that?
1: Uh, it ends up being funny, whether or not we attended or not. <laughs> right (laughs) Um, Yeah, we usually try to be funny though we do a show called Attack of the Killer b Movie. so B-Movies obviously this 1950s genre of you know you had the double feature and you had your your uh, A-feature and you had your your B-Movie and they have poor props and bad acting and a plot that doesn't make sense so we just ask the audience for titles so Revenge of the Something or The Night of the Something The Day of the Something Struck Back and we we just go from there Um, and we have a suitcase full of props and costumes and we deliver on the bad plot and the terrible acting and all that sort of stuff. So it's quite a laugh. Sounds great fun. Yeah, it's great fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Sam, can you maybe tell us or share with us a unique career tip that the IT career energizer audience need to know probably don't?
1: I think my biggest tip is about programming, like software development. I think my biggest tip would be your code, and your comments and your commit messages is not for you now, but it's for your team later, or even yourself later. So that's to say that whilst your code might make sense to you now, or you know what you were doing at the time, essentially no one will ever know more about that code that you've written than you. So when it comes time to open up a pull request or even merge the code in later on, the code better be perfectly understandable and expressed in a really clear and concise way it doesn't have to be bug free it doesn't have to be perfect but it does have to be perfectly understandable such that when someone comes back to it later they don't struggle with it they don't struggle to see what you're trying to do that's probably my biggest tip and that where, why i say that is because it makes you think in a very different way as you program it makes you think about code structure code quality um the separation of concerns uh how testable it is. it have you even written tests and that's, that sort of stuff improves the quality of your code and improves the asset that you're essentially adding to in the business environment.
0: Yep, absolutely right. Okay, Sam, can you maybe tell us um, the story of your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience?
1: <laughs> yep, uh, obviously a bit embarrassing to talk about. So I was at a startup previous to my current employer and like all startups, they're full of stress and pressure and uncertainty. And I, by and large, do love mm-hmm. that. But I had been overseas for the company, which I absolutely loved, but I came back a little bit disillusioned with the potential future for the company. And that combined with what I'm almost certain was burnout, I got back to my teammates and I was definitely pretty negative in a meeting. And we just had a new engineering manager start and he was trying to um, implement Scrum, which is a fine system but wasn't what we needed at the time I, I don't think so i got pretty defensive and my tone was incredibly negative and i almost i i did make some personal attacks towards this this new hire and i obviously i feel very embashed about it now but i think it taught me a very powerful lesson in terms of how do i well, one control my emotions in work and life but also how do i actually just gest- Go into something with an open mind how do i stay positive about things even though i'm not convinced the whole team was sort of open and ready to try it but for some reason i wasn't and that's something that i actually encourage others now is like if you well essentially in software software is a team sport for most people and it is in, in general and so decisions are made as a team and so if you're against the team for some reason Either the team doesn't know something you do or you don't know something the team does. And generally we let ideas win on merit, but usually it takes a while to communicate effectively what that idea is and the implications of it. So my learning from that, and after chatting with my managers about the incident and this kind of low point in my career, I sort of did more reading and did more thinking. And now I'm really into the idea of team-based decisions and and buy-in and making sure everyone's on the same page before doing something. And also just accepting the fact that, you know, you might disagree with the team, but at the end of the day, the team has decided to go this way. So get on board, you know? Um, yes. You know, yeah. there's, there's always the door if you don't love it or if you if you find yourself losing too many arguments, that's just simply not a good fit and that's fine. You're able to be like, that's okay. I'm going to move on. But it's just like this idea of the, what the team wants and being able to pitch an idea to the team and trying to trying to get the team uh, behind that idea is, is really important. So that's where I sort of failed at. Hugely embarrassing, but really monumental learning point for me. And I'm, so I'm so glad it happened. Um, <laughs> obviously, I, I feel really sorry for my colleagues and that gentleman at the time. But um, we got past that and I definitely had built the, uh, mended those bridges, I should say. And, and I left that uh, that job on a really good note, which I'm, I'm pretty proud of.
0: Cool. Okay. So it sounds like you've managed to sort of change the way you, you approach things in terms of being more open-minded and maybe more collaborative.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It's hard to sort of,
1: as a junior, I guess, to try to like make your mark on the world, to try to make your stamp. You're dying to be able to come in and, and, and fix the things and you know, have an opinion that sort of changes everyone's mind. But really, it takes a long time to be able to get into the privilege of that position. It takes three to four years to be able to say something with confidence and with wisdom behind it. So I'm definitely kind of all ears with ideas these days and the rare times I can actually use my experience to sort of add to a decision process or add to an argument. I, I really like those times, but usually I'm, I stay in my lane and I, and I try to keep quiet, but I think my colleagues would say I'd often fail at
0: that, but I'm working on it. <laughs> I think it's to do with constructive input as well. I think if, if it's, yeah. if it's benefit, you can have an opinion. There's no problem with doing that, but as long as it's, it's constructive and not negative, I think that that's the difference. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from your worst IT career experience, maybe you can tell us about your IT career highlight or greatest success so far.
1: Yeah, so I've had a really great career so far. It's only been about three and a half years, but I've had a really fun time. So the first kind of three years, I was at a startup. We were based in New Zealand with a little satellite office kind of slash head office in New York. And we got acquired later on by a New York-based company about, 20 months into me working there and i worked at that that acquirer for another 18 months or so after that what this meant was was i got to travel to new york twice which was very exciting it was the second and third time i've ever been to the united states it was as someone who lives in new zealand and i'm sure it's the same in the uk we obviously have a lot of american influence yeah um, in the country movies tv shows that sort of stuff and so to actually go to the country and and see the the silly one dollar paper notes and (laughs) and all that sort of stuff and And to tip and all that sort of funny stuff uh, was really quite an exciting time so it was cool to see the money and all the flags and the statue of liberty and the brooklyn bridge and check out the subway and and central park grand central station all that sort of stuff yeah it was also really fun going back to what i was saying earlier about trying to have a bit of influence as a junior was you know walking onto our client sites and sort of helping their developers through integrating with our software being sort of the domain expert in the area and actually what I found really fun was actually pairing with their developers on writing the code, solving the problems, and that sort of stuff. So that was a real fun time. But if I'm I'm more honest about my career highlights so far, recently I was um, named New Zealand's Young IT Professional of the Year by the Institute of IT Professionals in New Zealand. So that was a massive, massive thing, and I was super honored to receive that award. So that was an awesome evening, a big fancy dinner and black tie and stuff. But that, that was sort of in recognition of all this blogging I'd done and a lot of the work I'd done at that startup with some glowing references from um, my previous employer and a few other people in the community. So that was that was really cool. I do put a lot of effort into my blog and the series um, I work on sort of like every sort of Sunday and most evenings um, in a weeknight. I'm quite privileged to be quite time rich in my evenings at the moment. So I, I really enjoy doing that, but it's just really cool to get that recognition. So, so far, it's been a pretty good, good career. Um uh, a bumpy road at the start uh and it's it's smoothing out now but i think that those bumps and those feedback i think feedback is career food and i absolutely love it and when people have no feedback for me i get almost a little bit upset i'm like oh are you sure there's nothing i can do better like i'm sure there's always something to work on i, I really love it when people There always is. it doesn't
0: matter how, how long you work in the industry there's always something new to learn definitely
1: yeah and the stuff that comes up like you change your work style or things happen in your life and then you start changing the way you work and you don't know you're doing it and someone has to call you out on it. Yep. that's fine. So new things will come up all the time. So I don't think it's, it's not like riding a bike. I think it's more like keeping fit. Yes. Um, you don't just run every day for six months and then you're fit the rest of your life. I think you have to keep working on it. And, and I, I love that. I love that process. And I'm in love with that process, really.
0: So what in particular excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? The most exciting
1: thing is there's just so many people entering the industry. And you know, like the reason for this podcast and my my series, Developer Chats, which is a written interview series, I think there's a lot to be taught to new developers and a lot that we can almost learn from new developers as well, or anyone in the IT profession. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities, exciting opportunities in technical leadership, management, and really good management. Technical management has always historically had a bit of a, a bad rap, because usually it's the best developer then gets told to go be the manager and, and those two skill sets do not line up yes yeah um, to say the least yeah i'm sure you know what i'm talking <laughs> about do, yes so i think there's going to be a good field for people like myself who are really interested in technical leadership to start working on those skills sort of now-ish so in five to ten years time there will be this big sort of boom below uh, my generation and these people will need you know, leadership, wisdom and guidance and and vision to sort of execute on some stuff or whatever they're trying to do, which is pretty exciting. I'm also pretty excited on the technology itself. I think artificial intelligence has, we're really just scratching the surface of that at the moment. I think spam filters and all that are quite cool, but I think it's going to have some hugely profound impacts in the way we think about software Mm -hmm. and the way the general public sort of thinks about software. So that's pretty exciting. But I'm also pretty excited for just an API-driven world, the idea that any company should be able to exchange information that it has um, with any other company, so companies can ingest data, enrich it, and then pass it on, and data will just flow around the world and things will be connected. And then it starts. you can start to really see where we're going to get these sci-fi cities of the future where, you know, you, you ask Siri for something and... Siri goes off to many different services and figures it out for you. And then later um, the assistant comes back and tells you it's ready or something like that. And it's, it's like a science fiction movie. And I think we're absolutely going to get there. So I'm pretty passionate about APIs and developer experience. And, and once again, it's about writing good documentation, good code, because APIs are not for you now, they're for your customers yes. later. <laughs> and so all that sort of stuff kind of ties in. It's about you know empathy for your user, empathy for other developers using your stuff which is pretty exciting. So I think the IT field is going to be hugely interesting. IT is not going away. It's growing. We've barely started this industry. We're very new as an industry, and it's only going to grow faster and faster and faster. It's certainly not going to grow linearly. Yep. It's going to grow exponentially, and that, that's really exciting. But we've got a lot of work as people in the industry to do, supporting new, new talent, making sure that people from under- underrepresented groups are getting into the industry, Because diversity of thought is so incredibly important, making sure that people feel comfortable once they're in the industry, making sure people feel supported, making sure people grow, making sure people are paid well and fairly and equally. So lots of fun, interesting problems to solve. uh, And I'm super excited to be part of it, really.
0: Good. OK, we're going to move into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? Yeah. OK, so what first attracted you to a career in IT?
1: So I was in year nine, which is I was uh, thirteen, fourteen at high school. Uh huh. Yep. And the class, that, I was in the history class, and they said you can make a poster about I can't remember what it was about. I think it was like World War Two or some aspect of it, or you can make a website using Apple's iWeb. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make a website. That sounds way better. So I started making a website with this iWeb program, which was probably like it's kind of like what Webflow is now, but so old and so first stage, uh, non-responsive, just a brilliant sort of like drag and drop website creation. So I started there, and then I was like, cool, I need background music playing, I want to like change the fonts, and then I couldn't do it with iWeb, so I sat down with the the IT support person, and he knew HTML, and so I sat with him and peer-programmed and figured out some of this cool stuff, and then I was like, oh, there's actually code behind this drag and drop tool, and that got me interested in the idea of like, I'm communicating with a computer in a language that it understands, and I don't that well. <laughs> um, so that was really exciting. That's sort of where the bug first hit me. And then I kind of went back to it later on. I was like, right, I want to start learning programming properly. And I asked the IT guy, where do I start? And he's like, well I started with C. I was like, well I'll start with C too. And starting with C is never a good idea. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> no. it's very difficult for an entry point. But I was so full of passion that I sort of I sort of got quite far and then in my final years of high school, a different IT support person. Organised night class for iOS programming, and we had someone uh, in Christchurch, in New Zealand, having their own app agency, and this was about 2009. So he came in and taught a few classes, just a few like how do you link up a button on the screen, and a few like relatively beginner slash simple things. And I was just hooked. I just got bitten by the bug, and this was during the App Store gold rush days, and. It was fair to say I was pretty interested in making a lot of money, but also I really liked the programming. And when the money didn't come through, I the love for programming stayed. So that was really that's a good effect. I'm glad I didn't wander off. So yeah, a couple of these key moments where I was like, "Oh yes, that this is for me," and then telling my parents I didn't want to do med school was the interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but they're okay with it. I think, I, I, yeah. I think I've uh, I think I've done right.
0: So what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think it would be
1: their empathy piece for other developers, uh, empathy for the team. Empathy is something yep. that, if I'm perfectly honest, doesn't come naturally to me. It's not something I've ever actively worked on until the last couple of years. And whilst I'm, I think I'm a nice person and I have feelings and I'm not like a robot, putting myself in someone else's shoes is, is a lot of cognitive effort for a lot of people, including myself. And so working on that to see like, oh, I wonder how that person's feeling. Or I wonder what that person wants or what do that person need out of the situation is something that I think a lot of people should work more on.
0: Yeah, agreed. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do?
1: I would start with Python from scratch. Uh, Python is a very n- nice beginner language or Ruby or JavaScript. And then I'd probably do more website-y, end stuff. I think that's a really good way to get fast feedback on what you're doing. I think I got it essentially from iPhone programming, but I probably did it the hard way. But I think in those early days, it's really important to write some lines of code, refresh the screen and the thing to be different. And you get that instant feedback of like, oh, I'm actually putting an image on the screen or some text on the screen, or I'm centering something or I'm bolding something. So that's, that's probably the technology approach I would take. I would try to um, lure myself in with something quite visual quite quickly. And as for that, I think it would pretty much be the same same way. I think starting in IT is like being in a dark room. You kind of just start to bump into things and then eventually kind of figure out what's in the room. Um, <laughs> people like us yes. like to try to turn on the lights of people, but I think some bumps and knocks
0: are, are definitely good for you along the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So I'm, I'm hoping to
1: transition into sort of someone, what someone would call a senior developer. over the next few years so there's no one standard for being a senior developer it's not like a a chartered accountant or anything like that no one sort of internationally agreed on what a senior developer is or a senior anything but what i think it is is just a wreck of wisdom based on experience so i think it just takes time Uh, i think trying to call yourself a senior developer before sort of seven to ten years experience you might be trying to cheat the term a little bit so the idea of being the the bigger person in the room taking the high road uh, which discussing earlier i have not done in past sometimes that's sort of where i'm trying to get to being very helpful helping other people and helping the people around me move faster and being more efficient and sort of yep. adding value to the company i work for in, in that sense um and i think that's sort of a good prerequisite for for leadership um, where i want to head to eventually but i think that that stage for me is like how do i be a better developer how do i work better with other people and then how do i help my fellow developers move faster and succeed more and that that is a, a, a simple statement to make, uh, but very complex in implementation. Yep. Um, There's plenty to do, definitely. Yeah, yep. Plenty to do there, yeah.
0: What's the number one non-technical skill that's helped you in your career so far? we we'll are talking about empathy before. Definitely
1: that. If I would add one more, it would be self-awareness. I think thinking about who you are, what you want to be, what you want to do, what you're here to do in the world is incredibly important knowing where you're at being honest with yourself is incredibly important because once you have self-awareness and it takes a few years to develop actively when you actively work on it things get a lot more obvious and things get simpler you sort of see stuff happen and you're just like that happens like for example miscommunication happens a fair amount and it happens because humans are failable And so when you see miscommunication happens, you can go, okay, that was a miscommunication. And like, you just, you just don't get upset about it. So you sort of have that perspective. And the perspective is probably the second one to work on a lot. It's like, we're in Western countries. We're both men. We're both working in it. We have hit the jackpot. We are not seven billionth in the world. um, So we've got life pretty good. Um, (laughs) So having that sort of perspective when you approach problems is like, okay, there was a miscommunication or, you know, this, this group of people weren't um, engaged early enough in a process or they weren't heard out enough. You know, that stuff, it sucks at the time, but it's it's really just fine and it happens and it will continue to happen. So, yeah, that sort of perspective and self-awareness will really help you sort of understand yourself and then also start to help others and help them on that journey to, to self-awareness and sort of figuring out where they want to go and how, to, and how you can help them uh, get there.
0: So Sam, can you maybe share a parting piece of career advice with the audience? None of the
1: code or languages or tools or technologies you write really matter. They'll always be changing. Some will go away and some new ones will pop up. I think what's really important is that you learn how to learn. You don't have to know everything, but you have to know how to know anything. Um, and I think that's that's really key. And I'll say it again. You don't have to know everything, but you have to know how to know anything. And that'll help you Kind of approach a new piece of technology and spot the patterns in it that are similar to what you already know, or spot things that you need to go figure out. I think reducing your unknown unknowns—if you've heard that term before—is <laughs> incredibly important. Yes, the more unknown unknowns you have, um, essentially, the worse technologist you'll be. Yeah, you they have to know how it works. You just don't that you don't know it. So when you you think you're running up against that problem or against that space, you can start reading into it and learning more about it. The second thing is focus on your soft skills, which I like to call core skills because you're just so core. Uh, I think soft implies secondary and they're absolutely not. They're, they're very much primary skills. I think focusing on your soft skills are really important. And especially for developers, if I'm going to make a sweeping generalization, we're not great at them, but it's a team sport. So all the same team stuff applies. You can read interviews from basketball players or rugby players or cricket players, and they all have the sort of same team mentality and the stuff that they say is really, really interesting for software development. Yep. You'll be surprised how much sporting wisdom applies to software which you would think that would not be the case but once you're once you're in the team and, and on the front line with the, with everyone else um a lot of that stuff comes in really handy
0: and sam finally what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you cool
1: so i'm on twitter at, at sam jarman so s-a-m-j-a-r-m-a-n and i'm also at samjarman.co.nz and from there you'll be able to go where to ever place you'd like to go and probably find me on there as well.
0: Sam, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
1: No worries, Phil. Yeah. It's been great to be here. I really appreciate the time.
0: My thanks to Sam for being my guest on today's show. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e75. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Mitchell Hashimoto, who is a passionate engineer, public speaker, and founder of HashiCorp. You can get next week's episode and other future episodes automatically downloaded and available to play by simply subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever streaming service you're using to listen. Thanks again for listening. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, Visit ITCareerEnergizer.com